0: Hello and welcome to Cumber Baptist Church Podcast. The following is taken from our evening service, Sunday 19th of January, 2020. This evening we are joined by Mr. Stephen Garrett, who takes his reading from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38, and brings us a message entitled, The Harvest. Pockets are handy. You can lose many something in them. Great to be with you again, to see so many who are here because really my back was to you and a lot of you weren't there when I took up that position. It's uh, nice to come to Cumber, as I've said, back home. A little bit scary too, you know the way people in your family know what you're like. I kind of grew up here. So I had a few misdemeanors. I'm sure a few fits of, I don't know how you would describe it. We had good Sunday school teachers and youth leaders then who put me in the right way of going. I can't say whether I've stayed that way or not but I suppose in that sense uh, you could feel nervous but I haven't felt nervous. I felt like I am back home and I went into the house after this morning service and Pam said to me, That really is like home. And even a lot of the faces are the folks who would have been here when we were here, and that's lovely. It was good to be able to share with you a little bit of what we do. Um, When people say to me, so you do a lot of traveling, my answer is always the same, too much. I used to think it was a glamorous thing, but there's only so many Ryanair flights and EasyJet flights and all the rest of it you can sit on. And sitting in airports, when they tell you there's a delay, it's not really as glamorous as you might imagine. And I like to walk around Cumber with the dog. I like to look at Scrabotar, and I like to stay just here sometimes. I'm going to read this evening from Matthew chapter 9. We were in Matthew chapter 8 this morning, so we haven't moved along too far, but we've come as far as Matthew chapter 9. And we thought about the storm this morning, and we thought about how the storm will surely come. And if you wait long enough in the Eric Liddell video, you'll discover the storm comes for Eric as well. Uh, That video was one we would have shown to the children in Belfast quite often as well. Matthew chapter 9, in just the very last few verses of the chapter, says this. but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. And are similar verses in Luke chapter 10 as well, but we'll read these verses from Matthew. We're very familiar with that passage and with those verses. It's very often used as part of a a missionary appeal. Um, It really gives us a vivid picture, doesn't it? And that's what Jesus wants to give to us, a vivid picture of the task that is confronting us as believers. And sometimes uh, we get distracted uh, in what we're supposed to be about, but when we read a passage like this, it Brings us back again to the task in hand. And clearly what we're facing is quite a challenge. Um, we have a challenge in child evangelism fellowship and reaching boys and girls in Ireland, in Europe, and across the world. Cumber Baptist Church is quite a challenge in reaching the people even of this town and surrounding district. Maybe for some who live in the cities and the towns, an analogy of farming is not a very good one to use. But it would have been a powerful picture for Jesus' followers, uh, for his disciples and for the others who were part of the group that would have been listening. They would have understood very clearly what it was to uh, have to bring in the harvest and to make sure that the crops uh, were brought to the storehouse. This passage is wonderful because it really allows us to see the heart of Christ, it allows us to see the the heart of Almighty God the Father, Um, and that's always important that we see uh, what lies in the heart of our Father God. We see here very clearly, and it's not alliterated this evening, but we see the compassion of Christ, don't we? It's here in these verses, as the Lord Jesus uh, looks upon the crowds, uh, he notices that they're helpless, that they're harassed, and his heart is filled with compassion. And that compassion stirred him to bring the good news, didn't it? We're told very clearly in verse 35, Jesus went through all the cities and villages, and it tells us he was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And we said this morning when we were looking at some of the ministries at CEF, now use that the message never changes, and the gospel of the kingdom has always been uh, the same message, good news of Christ who came, of Messiah who was sent to die for the sins of his people. And so we have a reminder really of, of, of why Jesus was sent. You see, Father God desired that every man and woman would hear the gospel of the kingdom. And he sent his son to proclaim that message, to proclaim that good news. And Jesus Christ never abandoned that mission. Indeed, He followed that mission all the way to Calvary and to the cross. He was continually seeking those who were perhaps on the margins of society, continually seeking those who were perhaps looked down upon by society. He wanted those who were far away from God. It was sinners that he had come to see. And that upset many righteous people that he should be bothering with certain individuals who clearly didn't reach that spiritual mark as far as they were concerned. But Jesus was quite definite that he had come to meet the needs of the sinner to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And when Jesus looked upon these people, as he preached this message he didn't just see faces he didn't just see uh, people just as as entities Uh, he saw them as personalities he saw them as individuals but actually he also saw their problems it wasn't that he had some uh, picture-perfect image He realized that these people who were stressed and harassed, that some of them were liars, some of them were thieves, some of them were adulterers and blasphemers. He could see right into their hearts. Everything about these people was clear to him. And that's maybe at times a comforting fact for us and at other times a challenging fact. That the Lord Jesus sees everything about us, and if we 're far from Him, it can see that fact as well. But you see, sometimes in our thinking, we get confused about what compassion really is. We look on others and we are touched by some of their situations and Sometimes we feel pity for them. We feel sorry that life is difficult for them. But you see, compassion is more than merely pity for people. Compassion will never stop short in terms of uh, simply thinking or feeling inside of us. Compassion will always lead us to action. Action. And hence the Lord Jesus is spurred on to action. What he feels for men and women in their sin is really a deep sadness, a deep sorrow, whereby he cannot stop. He must go to them. He must share the good news to them. He must make clear to them the way of the gospel. Perhaps it's possible that sometimes People irritate us more than appear to be a, an opportunity to share the gospel with. It's possible that sometimes people frustrate us, especially being involved with children, young people. Sometimes it can be easy to be frustrated, to be impatient. Sometimes it's possible that we're not always working with a heart filled with compassion. We maybe do things out of duty. See, it's possible, and as I said this morning, we were looking at the churches in Revelation over in Portugal this week, very first church in, of Ephesus if, in Revelation chapter 2. What was the situation? The people had lost their first love. So sometimes when we do ministry, sometimes when we reach out, it actually is out of duty without love, without compassion. But the Lord Jesus had a heart filled with compassion. And what does he see? Well, we have an analysis of the situation given to us by Jesus Christ. And his analysis is quite clear. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. It's not hard to see in our generation too how a similar analysis could be made. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus could see it right there in his day in Matthew chapter 9. And through every generation, there always seems to have been the same shortage of workers. There always seems to have been uh, a need, but that need has not always been met by those who should have been obeying. We have within CEF an international magazine called the Link Magazine, and I don't always read it, but sometimes I find that there's an interesting little story there, and probably going away back to about 2013, one of the Link Magazines contained this story. It was really spe- The life story of one of the volunteers in Brazil. And he was giving a testimony. And his life, of course, was very different from any life we might have uh, in our country. There was a shortage of food, and his father had actually managed to purchase a part of the Amazon jungle. So you can imagine that things were desperate when he was going to the Amazon jungle to make his living to farm a little piece of land. The only way the family could get to the piece of land was to fly in on an airplane. And uh, when they arrived, they had to make their way through the thick woods to this piece of land that they had purchased. The father planted the piece of land with rice. There was plenty of land, so for as far as the eye could see, he planted rice seeds. But then the rice was ready to be harvested. And the only people there to harvest the rice was the father and his young family. This uh, volunteer who's telling the story was about eight years old at the time. He was the oldest boy in the family. And so he says the family labored intensely for many days cutting the rice. They only had machetes to cut down the, the crop and they would pile it up uh, at the side of the field. There was heat, there was mosquitoes, there was all sorts of of perils that were out there. And after each day, the family, very tired and exhausted, would go back to their little shack, and it seemed that they'd accomplished so very, very little compared to the task that was in front of them. One day, this worn-out boy, this eight-year-old boy, said to his father, Father, we're tired, we're sick, we're just small children. We're not able to do all that is required to harvest this rice. Why don't you hire someone to help us to bring in the harvest? The father was frustrated and he he threw down a notebook and a pencil onto the table and he said to the boy, Write down the name of any person you can think of who could come and help us with this work, and I'll hire him. After a few minutes of intense thinking, the little boy realized that there was no one who could help them. The nearest neighbor was about five kilometers away, and and he was in the same situation, trying to bring in his own harvest. And so he ran from the home crying. He didn't know anyone who could help. Later, the father explained to his son, he said, I know that you're small. I know you're weak. I know you're sick. I know you're tired. But you are my children. And this rice is our harvest. It's our rice. We are the ones who must bring it in. It's only up to us. Why did the Lord Jesus give this analysis of the harvest field to his disciples. Well, it was their concern to bring in the harvest. Why do the Church of Jesus Christ need to hear this analysis of the harvest? Because it is their responsibility to bring in the harvest. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to go into the harvest field to bring in the harvest. It's not a concern of the unbeliever. The world is not interested in bringing in the harvest. Indeed, the world is the harvest field. The unbeliever has no care or concern. God has given the task to his children. And as the father explained to his son in that story that I related You are the ones who must bring it in. Sometimes we do feel weak in our labours. Sometimes we feel tired in our labours. When I look down in this congregation, I realise that there are people who have laboured in this place for 40, 50 years, some of them. And it's possible to grow tired. Sometimes our health isn't all that it once was. We feel our weakness But you know, isn't it wonderful to know that in our weakness, in our tiredness, even as the years creep on, God is still with us. Perhaps that's what he wants to say to you this evening. He wants you to be reminded of that promise. I will never leave you or forsake you. We're not alone. We know that the Lord is our helper. And so even though storms come, Though difficulties arise, though the struggle is great, God empowers us to bring the gospel of the kingdom to men and women, to boys and girls. And Jesus wants us to play our part in bringing the harvest in. And that's a question we need to ask ourselves. What is our part in bringing this harvest in? Well, There's probably two parts at least. First one we thought about when I was giving my report this morning. We need to pray earnestly. See, that's what we're told here. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. The idea is to beseech the Lord of the harvest. To cry out, to hold on to the God of the harvest until we see results. Sent more laborers. Luke chapter 10 verse two relates the same uh, prayer to beseech the Lord of the harvest, but actually the instruction, interestingly, in Luke 10:2, is given to those who have already gone out to harvest, to the 7two who have been sent out and come back. the instruction is given. Beseech the Lord of the harvest. And of course, it is when we go out, as we said this morning, into a little bit of the harvest field, we realize how great the task is. We realize how we cannot possibly meet that task. And so we must come back and beseech the Lord of the harvest because He's the only one who can send into the harvest field those who are prepared by Him. Now, there's no doubt about the harvest, there are many opportunities out there, many people who are ready to hear the gospel. Even in some of those journeys that I make, I meet people, I meet people who are willing to speak about the gospel. One Sunday evening, coming back from uh, Birmingham, I was on the plane and a young man sat down beside me and I discovered that he was studying in Northern Ireland from Indonesia. He was a Muslim. And uh, I asked him what sort of things that he believed and, and he told me. And he says, and, and what, what is it about your religion then that, that uh, you know, what, what rules do you have to follow? And I just shared the gospel with him. An opportunity that was there, that was waiting, that was ready and sometimes God just makes it clear to us people are waiting, people are hungry for the gospel, their hearts are open, their minds are open, they just need someone who's willing to come and to share the good news with them. But sometimes he wants us to do more than pray. Sometimes God asks us to become the answer to our prayers. Thinking about a verse in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, and I think it's a, a vitally important verse. Acts 17:26 says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live in all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. You know, if you think about that verse, you and I are living at just the right time in history. We're living at the time that God has appointed for us to be here. God has allotted this time that we're here on this earth to fulfill his plan to reach those around about us. And you know, it just takes one man or one woman this evening Someone like Eric Liddell, who's willing to place their hand in the hand of God. Someone who's willing to step out and to say, yes, I will go, I'll proclaim this gospel. Someone who is willing to become those beautiful feet that carry the message of good news to those who are lost. You see, as we go, Jesus is the one with authority. Jesus is the one who gives the opportunity. He opens the doors. But we must be obedient to His call. Maybe you say to me this evening, but Stephen, I'm weak. There's so many reasons why I can't go. Well, this is what um, the Philadelphia church, the Philadelphian church in Revelation chapter 3, what was said of them, they were those who were weak, they were the poor, some of them were slaves, they really had no strength at all of their own, but you know that church was one of the greatest missionary churches that there could be because they were willing to go. They were willing to be faithful to the word of God. They were willing to share the the word of God despite their lack of strength. Too often we pray that missionaries will be sent. Are there those that we should be going to? Are there those that we should be speaking to? If we're going to pray in faith, purposeful, prevailing prayer, We need to open our own hearts to hear what God is saying to us. So many times he sends us to that person, sends us into that situation. There's always something to be done when it comes to reaching out to evangelism, to mission. Ask God, what do you want me to do? What part can I play Something that we should be praying about as believers. Do you know what? This evening you have to consider Am I someone to go into the harvest field to harvest? Or am I on the other side of the fence? Am I still a part of that harvest? Because you see, either you're praying for workers for the harvest, or perhaps you are still a part of the harvest. You have never come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never responded to this gospel of the kingdom. Although Christ has come and Christ has died, you have never made any response. Gospel is essentially simple. And yet it's so difficult for the unbeliever to see. We need our eyes open to realise The only hope we have is being united with Jesus Christ. Only he can rescue us. Only he can save us. We need to come to that point where we accept him as our one and only saviour. We need to come to that point when we see ourselves as we really are, hopeless, unclean, lost, needing someone who will not just tidy us up a little bit, but someone who will actually come in and give us new life. Someone who will come in and transform our lives. Someone who will bring us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Son he loves. Someone who will bring us right to glory itself. And so that's an important thought to have this evening. But if you have come to that point, If you have accepted that gift of salvation you're on the other side of the fence surely you should have compassion for those who are where you once were surely you should have compassion for those who are lost who are harassed or who are without a shepherd who are without hope who are going out into a lost eternity people especially when We speak of a child being lost. Some people are appalled. The thought that a child could be kept out of heaven. The thought that a child could perish. And yet the reality is that anyone who has not put their faith in Jesus Christ is lost, is without a shepherd, is perishing. Pray for God. To show you what you need to do not everybody will go to Europe to reach children some in this congregation have but there's a part for you to play whatever stage whichever time in your life you're at God still has something for you to do that's why you're here not just to sit in the seat not just to come on a Sunday but he wants you to play apart. May God help us to realize that it's only with him, it's only in him, it's only through him that we have the victory. How wonderful to be his chosen child. How wonderful to be given a place in the harvest field to do his work. I that God will continue to encourage each one of you, each one of us, as we labor together to win men and women, boys and girls, to himself. Amen. I'm going to close our service by singing a hymn, and the hymn at this point is In Christ Alone, and it is only in Jesus Christ that there is hope for any man and woman, any boy or girl. Let's stand to sing.